Hello everyone and welcome to Snatched, a Gay Times original podcast. Each week we'll be reviewing the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2, dissecting all of the drama and kaflama, and speaking exclusively with the latest eliminating queen. My name is Sam Damshness and I am the associate editor of Gay Times. Girl, don't you dare undersell yourself. You are the drag race editor, the drag race extraordinaire. I mean, Miss Reddit, Miss Encyclopedia, Miss Wikipedia, they ain't got nothing on you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that gorgeous voice you've just heard there is Umar Sawa, our fashion editor at Gay Times, who has styled many a queen for the pages of our magazine and will be giving his critiques on the week's looks, along with plenty more tea, most likely. Umar, are you ready to get into the nitty and gritty of it all? I mean, I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, oh, oh I'm ready. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. On this week's episode, the Queen starred in Rats, the Rusical, before stomping the runway in a surprise slash reveal-inspired runway. Umar, did you enjoy this episode? I mean, yes, I did. (laughs) Do you know what? I think picking up from our introduction last week of, like, instantly seeing the elevation and the advancement of UK drag, I think this episode (laughs) was just another layer of that kind of build-up. To like a higher level of UK drag. Yeah, I think I've never seen a rusical that polished before. I felt there was equal amounts of drama. There was a love interest. There was <laughs> there was a lot going on. So I think it was a good episode. How did you find the viewing? I completely agree. I right, Uma. I loved this episode. Like, I was completely drawn in with every single thing, right? We had that drama and conflama that we mentioned up in that intro, right? We had Mm -hmm. the lip sync, we had the Eliminated Queen, we had the Rusical. There was everything. I mean, from last week, Joe being sent home, we saw that, you know, anything can happen in this competition, right? Anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Queens were really shaken about that as well. One week on, what do you think about Joe being sent home? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it was sad when it happened, but in the world of drag, you can't be grieving for too long. You need to move on. <laughs> you need to you need to grab more sequins. You need to <laughs> strap on those stilettos and march forward. So we're sad to see her go, but the story continues. Well, you don't grieve for long, do you, Uma? <laughs> In the words, Ariana Grande, I've got no tears left to cry. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it was just, it was unfortunate. I mean, week one is always a hard stop to go because you don't bring the full force of who you are. So, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be a lie if I said I was gonna miss her at this stage. Is that a bit too harsh? I don't know. Oh, that was really br- that was brutal. <laughs> That well, I feel like <laughs> I thought like last week I was more of a Cheryl Cole. Now I feel like I'm a bit more of a Nicole Scherzinger. I've got a bit more fire in me. <laughs> Wait, can you say that again? Was that Nicole Scherzinger? Is that yeah. is that what it is? That's <laughs> okay. So Joe has been sent home. Right, the queens are grieving this week. Right, but we don't have time to grieve. Just like you, there's no time. They get thrown into this mini challenge, which I was obsessed with. The amount of drama and shade from this mini challenge was ridiculous. Uh, what did you think of that? Because I loved it. 
So what were the categories? There was Secretary of Shade. Yeah, I was just about to say, we all know you have a really bad memory. So that I've, I've written it down and I'm going to tell you again, okay? So we had Secretary of Shade, Baroness Basic, Trade Minister, and was it Cockiest Queen? Did they, they call it something else? But it was Cockiest Queen, right? So that was the, yeah, that was it. So Ahura got Secretary of Shade, Tia Coffee got Baroness Basic, Taste got trade minister and Lawrence Cheney got cockiest queen. Did you agree with those picks? I think yes, Ahura, Secretary of Shade. Sorry, coming from a mile away. Um, Baroness Basic, yeah. I mean, tea with the thirsty wigs, predictable. <laughs> um, oh my god, I feel like I, I feel like I've turned into Simon Cowell. What's what's happening? You are um, brutal today. What did you have for lunch? What did you have for tea? What have you been drinking? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's definitely not tea, honey. Um, I think trade minister, <laughs> yes. I think taste deserves that, and I think what was really nice about that moment was we love a humble queen as well. So I think her taking it on the chin, and that was the nicest moment of humbleness. Cockiest queen, I think that was the biggest surprise because obviously the way Lawrence had been portrayed there's a lot of vulnerability there there's a lot of nerves and stage fright so then for them to kind of nominate her cocky as queen i think is there something we're not seeing below the surface with we are not seeing something you are right i, I don't think it should have gone to lawrence cheney i think it should have been astina mandela oh see i think See, I think cockiest queen should have gone to Ahura because I think the way I view Ahura on screen is I wouldn't say it's shade. I think sometimes it's pretty lethal and it's going to the jugular. So I think <laughs> cockiest queen, I think, would have gone to Ahura. Secretary of Shade, I think I would have given it to Estina because I think shade is fun. It can be playful, but it's not, it's not assassin territory but i think ahura goes in for the kill so that's my take on that but then ahura is shady that is just who she is she's shady but then astina mandela she's been you know talking about how extensively large her cv is every five minutes i mean and yeah why not if you've got it then talk about it but i think that would qualify her as the cockiest queen i mean what did you actually think about that exchange before the mini challenge between Ahura and Estina. I felt like, I mean, what was good about that moment was, I think Ahura, I think she bottled it a little bit where she was like, actually, it was a group consensus that we all thought you were wearing an ASOS jacket when in actual fact, episode one, she was the one instigating ASOS gate. So I think that was, a, that was kind of um, a telling moment where I think maybe Ahura isn't as confident to go blows to blows with Estina. And yeah, I think Estina does have a good track record. So Yeah, I agree. Ahura did look like she was quaking in her boots at one point. And then when Estina was doing her whole splits, flips and kicks on the floor, again, cockiest queen, right? She she was holding back. She was scared. And then also didn't Lawrence say, oh, who was it in that moment who was like, oh, the top three felt, so, oh, a sister, sister. Where she was like, oh, the top three didn't feel too good. And then Lawrence piped in going, well, the top three felt fabulous. So I was like, okay, then maybe there is a bit of a, a cocky edge to Lawrence. Maybe. Like you said, um, we're probably just not seeing something. Because I think she's come across really likable the whole time. 
Um, but we see her confessionals and the other queens don't. So that's kind of why we're kind of drawn to her, isn't it? I, yeah, I agree. Talking about the drama between, you know, Ahura and Estina and, you know, Ahura and Tear Coffee. I didn't expect there to be drama between other contestants this episode. So we saw a bit of drama between Veronica Green and Cherry Valentine, which I did not expect. Mm. And then, like you said, with Sister Sister and Lawrence. I didn't see these coming out of... Mm. Like, I, coming to fruition. Yeah, I feel like, do you know what? That whole, that whole moment when they're delegating the parts felt like the Hunger Games. Okay, so, <laughs> hear me out. Everyone, right. everyone <laughs> is starting in a circle. They're on their marks. And it's okay. a 30 second countdown to run to the cornucopia. I feel like <laughs> girls I feel like girls like Cherry and Sister Sister, I feel like they just left their mark two seconds too early and just kind of threw right. themselves into like the heat of like battle mode. And I'm like, right now it's just a bit too early. Don't be so confrontational, especially before you've proven yourself in in a challenge or in a look or a runway kind of thing. I feel like everyone was just getting a bit too brave too quick. Yeah. Okay, then. If if we're going on off this Hunger Games kind of analogy you've got going, who was the Katniss Everdeen of the episode then? Who was the MVP? Do you know what? Okay, so going back to your... (laughs) Before I hijacked it with Katniss Everdeen, um, (laughs) going back to Veronica and Cherry and that kind of moment, I think maybe Veronica was the Katniss because, Mm. let's be honest, it's always the underdog. It's always... It's, and also, I want to give a national apology for last week's episode where we were coming for Veronica, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh God, you were coming for Veronica. You were coming for Veronica." Well, I <laughs> hands up where we were like, "Let's burn that Lancaster Road, Lanc- Lancaster Road." <laughs> but now I'm like, she bloomed. She she was the Katniss. She did she did perfection. And I think in that moment when even a horror was like oh but we haven't seen your drag like we don't know what you're about yeah. and i think even even cherry leaving a bit of a sour taste in my mouth where they're like oh well we can do it better than you mm-hmm. i feel like we love a full circle moment and we love you know people getting a taste of their medicine so yeah i think veronica was the catness everdeen yeah in the words of umar sawa we love to see it right <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it what did you think about that conversation between cherry and veronica and the group like how do you think that how do you think that made cherry look in that situation well to be honest with you Ma, i didn't really take any of that into into account because i was too busy absolutely wetting myself at veronica you know when they asked her to sing and she went oh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that has lingered in my mind ever since I saw it. <laughs> that was the inner column coming out. She she warned you about the inner column in episode one. Um, yeah, so, so moving on from that couple exchange how did you feel about the second gag moment of taste and a horror having a little bit of a, a romantic past i think you and rupaul have got something in common because you keep mispronouncing their names you just said taste t- 
taster. Yeah. Taster. And I noticed throughout this episode, RuPaul kept saying Kerry Valentine instead of Cherry. Did you notice that? Oh, girl. I, no, I didn't. She called her Kerry. Kerry. Twice. Oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe the jet lag finally caught up with her. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. How did you find that little backstory? Oh, how it got a bit steamy, didn't it? It got really steamy. Just that one exchange between them, you know, looking at each other and confirming they both picked each other for, what was it, trade minister? Um, are we going to see a romance? Are we going to see another Drag Race romance? I think, being a skeptic, I think, do you know what it reminded me of? Like a Big Brother romance where, like, one oh. of the contestants really wants a storyline and the other one is just complicit. So I feel like a horror in that confessional where she was like, well, I've hit it first or whatever she said, she was mm-hmm. going she was going for that storyline. She was like, this is going to be my moment. And I think Taze, you could see like the humbleness and a little bit of trepidation where she was like, where are we going with this? Like, let me keep it a little bit coy. So I don't know if Taze is going to go there, but I think a horror is definitely clutching for that storyline yeah also can i just say i love your use of the word trepidation oh um, i've never heard you use that before see i can't <laughs> say the word lancaster oh but i can say <laughs> i agree with your with your comments maybe a horror is looking for a little bit of a storyline and maybe taste isn't but then taste is the one who said something along the lines of that she's already hit that i think she's the one who said that she didn't i it was definitely a horror was it okay? Whoever's listening out there, please confirm, comment. You know, tell us who said it. All right, because we're gonna fight about this afterwards. I can tell already. Nice little romance there. Well, did you know Umar? They live together now in London. So, oh, the plot thickens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either they're besties, or there is some kind of you know romantic thing going on there. But, mm. but also, I think. In a positive, I think what I like about horror is, I think she, I don't know, because I think, obviously, like, the whole show is surrounding queer culture, and it, it's relatable, and we all see different characters and personalities that we've all met in our day-to-day lives, but I think, mm-hmm. I think what's great about horror actually is, I think she just, she's not afraid to show, like, that that kind of scene, that kind of scene life of queer culture, especially, like, that gritty British kind of mm. club club girl kind of vibe. I think I get that from her and I think it's quite authentic. So as much as she is, you know, in the words of that mini challenge, Secretary of Shade, I think there is mm. like there's authenticity behind it. So we can't we can't drag her too much, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm gonna make a bold statement right now and I think a horror is probably the perfect drag race contestant. This is what we want to see. Like we said last week, we want this. We love her. And I think... I love her. Let's be honest. Like, if she wasn't there, what would we, what would we be talking about right now? Oh, wow. That's a that's a bold statement. Yeah. So I feel like a horror is paying our bills vicariously. <laughs> <laughs> we love a horror. <laughs> we love you, horror. No, we, we, I think she brings the looks and the drama and everything that we want from reality TV. And I just can't wait to see where this is going to go. Really. I, I think with a horror, I think that, like I said in last week's podcast, there will hopefully be a moment of like 
the Ice Queen finally melts. And I think when we saw the rehearsals and even Michelle was kind of like, oh, so you're you're not going to give me the full experience because you're in your smart pants or turtleneck or something. <laughs> yeah. I think with Queens Like a Horror, I think maybe she's just scared to look stupid and look a fool. And maybe it is like an ice armor that she's going to, you know, melt away over time. So I think that's in- that's that'll be an interesting story and arc to follow. And we love an arc. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I think she actually proved that in this episode because her performance in Rats the Rusical left me slain. Well, her and Bimini, Bomboulash, I <laughs> thought their performance together was incredible. She made dysentery look attractive. <laughs> <laughs> also, I had no um, idea what dysentery meant before this episode. I'd never heard of that word before in my life. I think it's like a violent shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, should be, I, don't, I should be familiar with that then, shouldn't I? Bloody hell. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And then, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've never really met a dysentery. I thought she, I thought she was a World War II trench symptom. I don't know. I don't know. I thought she... <laughs> I've never met Miss Dysentery. <laughs> I the last time I heard she was stalking the World War II trenches and killing off soldiers left, right, and center. So Okay, well this got really serious. <laughs> what the hell? What a turn. <laughs> God, only you can turn a drag race rusical to World War Two. I mean Warhorse was the West End classic. Okay. And no, that, that, that wasn't that wasn't a, a conversation. That was just the point. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to change this conversation, you know, from dysentery to well, back to uh, Bimini and horror because I personally think this should have been a double win situation. What do you think? Okay, so I think with the rats, the rusical, the fundamental success and failure of each situation was the pairing and i think mm-hmm. Aura and um bimini i think they both were on the same level they both had the same energy they let each other breathe both of them had a moment and they bounced off each other really well i, d- I don't think i would give it a double win i don't i don't know if they did anything above the rest but i think of all the right. partnerships they definitely were the most cohesive um yeah. i would say and i think when you look when you compare that chemistry to maybe situations were like taste and ellie taste it's taste oh my, oh my god taste but then i do you know what that's triggering because my lisp pops out every time i say her name <laughs> So maybe in a roundabout way, I'm just trying to protect my own image. So, oh. well, you made me, you made me feel like a villain now because I feel like I've yeah. I've highlighted something you didn't want highlighted. Yeah, I'm really triggered right now. <laughs> um, I think Tave and Ellie, you could see their energy wasn't, you know, on the same oh, level. Yeah. A lot of doubt and trepidation in that partnership. <laughs> Um, and I think also Cherry, Lawrence, and Sister Sister, you could kind of see 
the energy and the nerves kind of going up and down in that threesome. And then even Veronica and Estina, I think Veronica took it all the way to 100%. And I think Estina was left in the dust, in my opinion. So Ahura and Bimini, their pairing really reminded me of the US season, uh, season three. You know when Alexis Mateo and, oh my God, I'm going to get this wrong now, aren't I? I think it was Shangela. You know when they were conjoined aliens in that group alien challenge? It reminded me of how well they worked together as a pairing and then they both won. So I kind of saw that happening, but then it didn't. But like you said, Veronica 100% slayed this entire episode. I mean, Veronica Green, come on. Like I said, the apology has been sent out there. I will (laughs) will retract all the things I said about her because I think she was the the perfect character for that storyline of... The underdog going from strength to strength, getting the part, and and blessed here for giving Veronica the part in the first place. I think that was kind of a nice moment to see. Yeah, I think Veronica, like she, the stage is where she's meant to be. I think that's what she proved in that episode. Like she lives and breathes the theater and like performing, and. Like I said before, I think her performance was so strong that I think Estina didn't, in my opinion, Estina did not match that energy that Veronica did. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I mean, Veronica served vocals and dancing and looks. And you know what? She was funny. She was really funny. I was not expecting that. I just think I just think it was such a beautiful fairy tale moment. I know we're like, <laughs> I know it's musical. I mean, I know it's rats the musical, and we're down in the gutter. But I think she had a Cinderella moment. Like she looked gorgeous. Like you know, I think when you have such a pure love, passion, and spirit, like you just transform and it glows out of you. And I think we saw that. And I, do you know what? I sound like a broken record, but we love to see it. Do you know what I mean? In the immortal words of Uma Sawa, we love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see it. And I think she shone so bright that I think it made a lot of other queens look a bit more amateur. Like you said, Estina didn't stand out to me. I mean, she she did it well. She did a great job. Um, but I just maybe don't think the role was one that would shine. Because obviously... Veronica's there doing the damn thing. All the spotlight is on her. And Estina was just kind of crawling on the ground a little bit. So it, it was just a complete flip from the first episode, which I think is the insight to how exciting this season's going to be and, and, the, and the twists and the turns. What about Tear Coffee? Because I know we said earlier that Veronica Green was our MVP for the episode. But do you know what? It's a, it's a toss-up for me between Veronica and Tia. I feel like Tia really came into her own this episode. I loved everything she did, even just outside of the challenge. What was so good about Tia right from the get-go, like she is, she's comedic gold. She has the lines. She has the comebacks. And I think, in a way, I think if you can make someone laugh, a lot of sins are forgiven. And I think that's what we saw with Tia. Like, her runway look was a hot mess. But the fact that she can make you laugh as Dame Judy Stench, only having one line, but totally commanding. No, she, she wasn't She wasn't Dame Judy Stench. That was um, Ginny Lemon. Well, she played, like, the old, you know, kind of... Um... No, she, she played Jennifer Hudson. 
Well, I've not seen Cats, so I don't know what Jennifer Hudson plays. She plays the cat that did not get the cream. And right. is down okay. the And I don't know, Cats is just an abstract, it's a very abstract concept for me. But basically the song Memory, All Alone in the Moonlight, I think that was Tia Coffey's reference. Right. Okay. Yeah, because she was the older kind of um, haggard cat. And she did a bloody good job. Like, I was in stitches. No complaints. Right, hold the tea, Umar. We'll be chatting all about the runway shortly after this ad break. Did you know that Gay Times Plus members get more from the world of Gay Times? (gasps) I did not. Tell me more. They enjoy the full, uncensored episodes of Snatched. (gasps) I mean, us uncensored sounds like trouble, but let's go. We're adding more benefits all the time, and the memberships are available anywhere in the world. And we love an international hunt. So make sure you sign up and join our growing community of LGBTQ plus people just like you. Learn more and sign up at gaytimesplus.com. That's gaytimesplus.com. Click, click. Welcome back, everyone. And now we're going to go on to the runway. Umar, this is your area of expertise. So tell me, don't hold back. What did you love and what didn't you love? Uh, Honey, I've had my shot of coffee and I am raring to go. I'm ready to rip these threads, a new one. I think... Theme, surprise, surprise, the two stand-up moments were Ellie Diamond. I mean, she took a Wizard of Oz kind of a tired reference, but just revitalized it and made it fresh. Like, I feel like she went above the assignment and gave us three reveals. Um, What did you think about Ellie Diamond's look? Oh, yeah. No, I loved that. I loved how she gave us a storyline, you know? Mm. And she was the only one on that main stage who gave us surprise, surprise, And another surprise. You know, she didn't hold back. She kept on going. And then also another surprise, I think Veronica, she walked down that runway like a Stepford wife and then totally flipped the script and turned into a CP3. What is it? No, it's a... Who's that gold one in the Star Wars? Um, You just binged the whole franchise. You should be telling me that. CP3O, whatever her name is. Um, C3PO. C-3PO. She gave me range in that moment. (laughs) So I think both of those queens, I think, totally killed the runway, gave us looks, gave us a surprise. And also, like, I think the whole point of a surprise is it has to have that element of a gag. It has to be Mm. innovative. It has to be creative. You can't see it coming. And I think those two queens definitely did that. It built nicely into a nice finale crescendo moment crescendo moment yes we stand a crescendo a crescendo crescendo moment (laughs) um so yeah i think those two queens and then looking at the the tops and the bottoms of the week i think both those queens deserve that spot so i want to go on to taste then because obviously we love taste and i'm gonna say that i think her mug this week on the main stage was one of the most beautiful mugs we've ever ever seen um, and I liked her look until the que- uh, the judges started picking it apart. Then I was kind of, I actually agreed with them. No, I agree. I think for an isolated runway moment, yes. Like, she walked down that runway. She gave me a Marvel vixen coming through the ether flames and that blonde wig. <laughs> I think it was... 
it was a full-on cinematic moment. However, I feel like when it comes to the main stage, like, the camera adds £10 anyway, but I think this Drag Race camera, like, if you're not coming down in the best version, the best drag that you have, I mean, your polyester is going to look cheap. And that's just, that's the tea. So I feel like on stage in a club, that kind of leotard moment, it becomes a second skin. You can move about, you can be a ninja and it works in that arena. But I just think for the main stage where all the lights are shining on you and it's meant to be the best of the best, I think, you know, a onesie might not just cut it this time, unfortunately. Oh, the tea has been spilt. Okay, right. Tell me about Cherry's look then, because obviously we saw Taste <gasps> and Cherry um, in the bottom two. Do you think Cherry then deserved to be there? Yeah, I think Cherry, and this is not shade again, but she gave me Chris Jenner. She gave me Chris Jenner in season two of the Kardashian. <laughs> this is this is pre-elevated Chris. This is pre. This is pre Caitlyn era, so she's giving me very. <laughs> she's giving me Christian on the budget, um, and unfortunately, I think when so yeah, let's just go to the bottom too. I think when you're stacked against Tace, who is looking like a phenomenal supermodel, I think yeah, I think Cherry missed the mark on that one. I think yeah, I mean Lawrence was in the bottom three as well. Do you think she should have taken the place of either Tace or Cherry, or do you think the judges got it right? Again, I think if you want a showdown, taste should be there. I personally would have sent Lawrence in the bottom two. Because, like, in week one, we were praising her. We were like, yes, you gave us a waste. You did not go for the tartan. Like, you were just thinking outside the box. And then what does she do in this week? She goes for the tartan and she goes for a tent. She looks like a tent. So I feel like it was just ten steps forward, ten steps back with Lawrence. So you... Yeah, I think maybe that was more justified, but I think for a showdown, for like a moment, I think taste has to be there. Okay, well, let's talk about the showdown then. So this week they lip sync to Memory by Elaine Page. I mean, I will admit, right, so when the song came on, I, I was like, Jesus Christ, are we going to have a ballad moment? But as it went on, I was getting more gagged and gagged and gagged mostly by Tace's facial expressions. Listen, I feel like <laughs> this week has been a week of weeks. We've had an inauguration of Joe Biden, okay? We have okay. Bernie Sanders giving us the meme of all memes. <laughs> so I feel like we've had J-Lo <laughs> hijacking <laughs> the Washington Monument, singing <laughs> Let, Let's Get Loud in a very stripped down acoustic way <laughs> so i feel like we've seen a lot we've been through a lot this week so i think okay that moment of elaine page and the and the drama the theater of it i think it was just it was a cherry on top of a very chaotic week and like i said i think that song is very emotive it's all about the facial expressions like you have to give it subtlety and you have to let it build and i think yeah i think taste i couldn't take my eyes off of her i think everything everything was on point for that so after that showdown it came as no surprise then right that cherry was going to be the one to get the chop so i spoke to cherry after her elimination Ooh. and she said to me she said to me umar that if she 
actually got Veronica's role as a Vita in the challenge, she would have won. Shoulda, coulda, wouldas. In the words of Beverly Knight. <laughs> Beverly Knight. Um, I think. No, I I disagree. <clears throat> I, I'm I have to disagree with that because I think. I mean, who said it? In the world of theatre, there are no small parts. There's just small people. I don't have a clue. I don't know who said that. Isn't that just a saying? I don't know. Andrew Lloyd Webber must, I don't know, maybe he threw that in the ether. I don't think that's the case. I think Veronica, she owned it. You just can't fake, you can't emulate that star power. And also, talking of Veronica, although we're not talking about Veronica, we're talking about Cherry. But I want to talk about Veronica. I think what I loved (laughs) in the untucked moment was, it was just like, she became the queen bee of the room compared to the beginning of the episode because even Ahura was like bowing down to her and be like, oh my God, mighty Veronica, I now see the power of your drag. And I feel like it was just a full circle moment. So I think, no, I don't think anyone could have stepped into that role other than Veronica. So I'm sorry, Cherry. Okay, well, how about you stop talking for just a moment so we can actually hear what Cherry had to say? My lips are sealed. All right, can you handle that? All right, okay. So when I spoke to Cherry after her elimination, here's what she had to say about her time on the show. Hi, Cherry. How are you feeling today after watching the lip sync last night? Oh, I mean, I feel a lot of things, to be honest, but I am just excited to see how the rest of the season unfolds now because there's so much stuff that's coming up that I'm excited for. Yeah. And you filmed this about a year ago now. Right. So how did it feel kind of watching it play out on screen? Honestly, it felt I was a little bit terrified. I'm not going to lie. I was so like I was a bit scared, like what was going to be shown, because I was literally in floods of tears at one point and like I was ugly crying. But thankfully, they didn't put any of that in. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was it was such a weird experience watching it back. Obviously, I feel like things should have played out differently, but it is what it is, and we work with what we've got. And is Memory the kind of song Cherry would usually lip sync to, or was that kind of out of your comfort zone? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I would I would never really perform slow songs. I really do get too emotionally involved in it. Um, I, I really prefer, like, dancing. I can, like, do, like, jumping in the splits, twists, wig reveals, all that stuff. That's what I normally do on stage. So it was completely out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Because in a previous interview, you described your performance style as flippy. And I just couldn't <laughs> wait to see what that meant. And I didn't get to. Yeah. So flippy basically means just when you're flipping about all the time. Like, I used to do, I used to do cheerleading. So I could do, like, backflips, like cartwheels anything like I can do tricks but I never got to show it unfortunately yeah uh wanted to see cherry flippy valentine I know (laughs) (laughs) so what was going through your mind when you were told to sashay away by Rue I was honestly what went through my mind is shit I've not thought of anything to say Because I didn't, I honestly did not think that I would be leaving. I really didn't. Um, and it just shows you that anything could happen. But as soon as RuPaul said, Sasha, wear cherry, like my heart sunk. And then I went to the back of the stage and I was like, oh, rats. And that's the first thing that came to my head. And I just walked off and I literally just broke down because I was like, all this emotion has just been kept in. And now it's like, 
it's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, how differently do you think the episode would have gone if you did get Veronica's role as the Evita-esque uh, rat? I, I truly, honestly believe that I would have won the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier in the episode, you discussed the toxic masculinity within the travelling community. It was a really beautiful moment between you and Sister Sister, uh, especially because this is a community we don't really hear about on mainstream television, let alone uh, Drag Race. So was this important for you to address? Absolutely. Um, it was one of the main reasons that I went on the show was to like talk about where I come from and who I am. Um, but I didn't expect it to come out like as emotional as it did because we were just talking about it and like I got really upset like because I was like, oh, shit, like I've never actually spoken about this before. And maybe I should have thought about that before I started talking about it on TV. I don't know, but I'm glad that I did talk about it and I'm 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 proud of everything that I said. What kind of feedback have you had from other LGBTQ plus people within the traveling community? I've had I've had like really good feedback mostly. I've had the odd the odd message that's like a bit on edge, but 99% of it has been really, really positive. And I have had some messages from people in the community who've said like really fully support what you're doing and we're proud that you're living your life it's just taking time for the community to move ahead with the times um and I agree yeah it's crazy isn't it because you can get that one bloody comment that will just make you feel so shit when everything else is so positive right yeah exactly and I think the positives definitely outweigh the negatives though definitely if you had continued throughout the competition what do you think viewers could have expected from you we could have expected the unexpected. So, like, you best believe I'm going to post every single look that I've created for the show. Um, but I've got things that have never been done before. There was some crazy, crazy, crazy runways that I planned and there was some crazy things that I would have, would have shown. And also just to learn more about me and my story because I've never really spoken about it and I think it's really important to talk about where we come from and who we are. Do you know what? I'm I actually am really glad that like before she went, she had that moment to really open up about her traveler community past. Yeah. Do you know what? She was an absolute bloody sweetheart. And I completely agree with you. Yeah. The traveler community is not really a community that we actually see much on television. You know, it's not very represented. You know, so the fact that she got to speak about her experiences as an LGBTQ plus person who, you know, is in makeup, um, who also works as an NHS nurse in such a disenfranchised community. I think that was a really beautiful moment for the show. And I just love that we got that moment from Cherry. Do you know what? I feel like that is that is quintessential drag race magic. I think what drag race does so beautifully is it marries up that fun, excess glamour, but then there are those moments of warmth and heart. And I think without those stories, without those moments of vulnerability and insights to all of the nuances and the different ways things can affect different people within the community and the spaces that they are in, I think it's a beautiful thing. So I know we joke about the producers being like, oh, tell us your trauma and just leave. But I think for what it is, those moments, I think, are quite impactful for both Cherry, very cathartic for her, but also it has a wider ripple effect to so many people. So, you know, we love to see that. Yeah. 
really beautiful moment. I sobbed again. <laughs> I sobbed. Did you sob? Did you sob? Are you a crier? No, I didn't sob. <laughs> <laughs> well, heartless. Uh, we also spoke to Cherry about who she had planned for Drag Race's staple maxi challenge snatch game and who she wants to sashay away with the crown. And if you're a Gay Times Plus member, you can listen to the full interview now. Next week, and I know you're going to love this, Umar, the Queen's sewing skills will be put to the test as they're pitted against each other in a design challenge. Yes, a design challenge. This is your area of expertise. All I'm saying is I don't want to see a single hot glue gun inside. (laughs) Thank you for joining Umar and I on Snatched. We'll have more unfiltered tea next week from the third Eliminated Queen. Umar, say farewell. Farewell. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Snatched is a Gay Times original podcast. Subscribe and listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you're following at Gay Times on all major social media platforms for the latest LGBTQ news, culture, and entertainment. Loved this episode of Snatched? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Finally, make sure you check out Gay Times Plus, our membership platform for everyone in our community. And remember, you can find more information at gaytimesplus.com. 